This is the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a podcast for creatives, for those who are beginning to be creative or those who have built a business around their creativity. Here, we allow creatives to tell their story about how they got to where they are today, and we give some tips on how to make your creative business better than it was yesterday. Hey, everybody, guess what? The creative writing community is now open for membership. I'm so excited about this community because it is going to be dedicated to writers writing their book, publishing their book, and launching their book, all while having a good time and growing in their craft. Writing is typically an all alone art, but you don't have to be a lone wolf and do everything yourself. In fact, I highly recommend that you don't just for your own sanity. In the creative writing community, we're going to have live writing sprints, author hangouts, expert Q and A's. We're gonna learn all about the things that it takes to be an author these days, and generally support each other in the craft. It will be a place where you can share your knowledge and learn from others and find collaboration and accountability with people who are serious about growing as writers. We're gonna support each other, encourage each other, challenge each other, and be generally as committed to seeing each other succeed as we are to our own success. If you're interested in being part of such a group, head on over to catcaldwell.com and just click the pink button right at the header. Have you ever thought in your life, you know what, this isn't working. I'm gonna pack everything up and move to London and go to art school. Yeah, I think sometimes we dream about that, but Sarah Jane Vickery actually did it. She decided that she and her horse were going to go to London and go to art school and do what she was created to do. So Sarah Jane Vickery is an artist. She now runs workshops for kids and adults to learn how to draw. Um, She actually goes into corporate settings and helps people with team building, which I think is amazing. And she is a full-time happy artist doing exactly what she was created to do. You aren't going to want to miss this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick podcast. I am excited to introduce to you guys Sarah Vickery, but before we get into the interview and find out what she does, I want to remind you to go to patreon.com and look up pencils and lipstick. There you get a little bit more than the podcast. There's three different tiers and you get access to more conversations, um, a couple different live streams, uh, questions, all sorts of goodies, and it keeps the show going. So don't forget to head on over to patreon.com forward slash pencils underscore lipstick. But for now, we are going to talk to Sarah Vickery. She is an artist. So hello, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks. How are you, Kat? I am doing good. It's uh, cloudy today, but that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> we, will, we will get through the winter <laughs> together. Exactly. And you're over in England. Is it always cloudy over there? Ah, uh, yes. From about October until April, 100% cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the same boat today. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because you are probably my first cartoonist, if I can call you that. Um, You're kind of a multi-niche artist, but you haven't always worked as a full-time artist. So would you give us a little bit of background um, to what you used to do and how you sort of transitioned? Sure. Yeah. It's been a, it's been quite a twisty, turny path for me and probably one that quite a lot of people can relate to on probably some different levels. So Um, I mean, I won't go too far back, but after high school, I went and I studied, like I went into engineering in university. And it was basically because I was, my path is, I've always been kind of split between, I really liked art and I was really good at science and math, but I was afraid to, I was afraid to go into art, just like to study art in university. Cause I, you know, you, you have this sort of connotation in your head, like, Oh, starving artist. And you know, you want yes. a job and you know, I wonder some of those, like some of those normal things that a lot of people want, like, you know, buy a car and well, maybe not normal. Cause I wanted a horse, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this type of stuff, that was literally part of my thinking was, you know, how, how can I get a, a normal job to get some of these, these types of things. So I guess that's part of being younger. And so I sort of, um, I put the art art stuff to the side. I mean, I did actually go 
and show my portfolio to uh, a university and, and I, cons- I considered applying, but I did, I just felt wrong about it. So hmm. I wound up going to Queens University. I'm, I'm from Canada originally. I wound up, wound up going to Queens University for uh, mechanical engineering. And I, I quite quickly discovered that it, it wasn't for me, but I, you know, when you're younger, you don't always know that what else to do you know yes. you're not on the right path but you don't know what the right one is yes. so I was so I continued through and I finished engineering and I worked in engineering for a few years also didn't enjoy that very much it was a bit of a struggle but I did it and then I decided to to change and do something a little bit more business related because I thought like even when I graduated from engineering I thought oh well I can probably do something a little in you know it may be working in a creative type industry but doing mm. an engineering job or, or something sort of business related. Anyways, that didn't quite work out. I went up in a real pure engineering job. I worked for an aerospace company. So you can imagine (laughs) what that was like. (laughs) Anyways, to make a a long story short, I I switched and I then did another course of study as I tend to do. I'm all about learning, right? And this is, I guess this is part of the path of of being a creative person is that you, you have a thirst to learn new things and to do things yourself. Yeah. So, so I studied and, but I studied like in financial services and then I worked in financial services for 13 years and it was, it was a great experience and I built up a lot of skills that I needed, mm-hmm. but after being in it for, well, for, well, for quite some time, I decided, you know, I had been doing dabbling a teeny bit in arts. I really hadn't done very much. And I was more and more beginning to miss it. And I was starting to feel like, and I think a lot of people get this feeling too, is the feeling that um, they're not fulfilling or not doing everything they could be doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, they're not they're not really on their purpose. Like, And I couldn't complain about anything. And my, my lifestyle was great. And I had great coworkers and you know, it was all, it was all good, but something was really missing. Mm. And I decided that I needed to do something more creative. So I started off with taking some watercolor courses, actually, which I don't recommend is the first thing to do <laughs> when you get back into the arts. Don't do watercolor. It's the worst. And it's not the worst. It's a, it's a, a it's the most gorgeous medium, right. but it's a very, very unforgiving medium. Okay. <laughs> very unforgiving because you put you put it down on paper and that's it that's you know you're not correcting anything there's no erasing there's nothing start with a pencil (laughs) start with pencil but anyways I pursued with the watercolors and I started to get the feeling that I wanted to do something not just as a hobby but as my job in the creative field and that's when I decided I was going to leave my job and go back to school but I decided to do a bit of a big move because I'm I moved from Canada to the UK. I, I wanted a I wanted a change of scenery mm-hmm. and a change of environment and change of career, change of everything really. So that's so that was that's quite that's brave of you. <laughs> yeah, it um, yeah it did take a lot. It took a lot of organization, and it you know you you're really going into the unknown. Yeah. But again, I think that's part of being creative is you have to have a tolerance for uncertainty that's true and that you know you really have to be okay with the unknown and sometimes and I felt this was that in order to do something that was unknown to me I also kind of needed to be somewhere Mm. unknown and to be with different people and that's why that's also why I went back to school was to you know you want to you need to be a beginner again because change involves being a beginner as well so I had to do that I had to learn all kinds of software programs and you know all all this type of stuff that's an interesting point you make I mean I guess kind of depending on life circumstances that can be harder or easier to completely change your place but if you want to do something completely new to be able to have the space to do it without being pulled into the old habits it would be nice to move completely out because nothing wrong with like yeah. with friends, let's say. But I I remember yeah. when I wanted to start really focusing on writing, I felt bad saying no to my friends. And I remember thinking mm. it'd be a lot easier if I would just move because then I wouldn't yeah. have to say no, you know, it, because it's a new thing yeah. to family yeah. and friends as well. Yeah, it, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I did find that 
um, people were really mm. supportive. I was, I mean, I, I remember being very nervous telling, especially my, like my coworkers and that, because I've been work, working with this very small team for a long, a long time. And we were very, very close in that. And, you know, I felt a bit like I was letting them down, but also, and, and, and it's, a, it's a big change. You know, it's not like I was just going to a slightly different role within that industry or something. I was going to something completely different. And a lot of, I would say actually most people at my work didn't even know that I did any art, you know? (laughs) So like, what? You're doing art? And I went back to school for design. I didn't go, I didn't go and study art. I haven't studied any, I don't have any formal art training whatsoever, you know? But it turned out that doing, studying design was probably Mm. the right thing because I wound up needing a lot of those, you know, those skills in order to do what I'm doing now. and you probably learn them in a less amount of time than just being overwhelmed trying to figure it, Google it, you know. And and yeah. I mean, there is a, yeah. a certain learning curve to trying, failing, trying, failing, you know. But it takes a lot less time to just go to school. Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes a lot less time to go to school. Yes, and like you said, there is something to changing your environment, environment, and also the focus. Because when you eliminate all of, you know, when you change, go somewhere else, and you're just focusing on the one thing, like just focusing on school 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 and 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 learning that and and figuring out what it is that I was supposed to be doing that I think that was really kind mm. of essential for me you know in order to make it my in order to make it my job it's one thing if, I mean I can see a lot of people if you want to do something as a hobby apps add a creative art in as a hobby that's a different thing and incorporate it, it into what you do but mm. mine wasn't like that you know mine was my something completely yeah, different I mean even if you want to incorporate it as a hobby changing place or or atmosphere like going to a class would probably help you actually actually do it because we say a lot we're just we're so humans are so funny we talk a lot we want something and it's so hard to do it you know but what was it like to to really make that pivot in your life so you're you're you were you going to school while working did you start school while you were still at the finance business no so you no, quit no. and went to school. No, no. I no, I didn't start. I quit and I came over to England to to go to school. And yeah, I sold my house, I sold, you know, everything I had. Well, except from except it was me and my horse. You brought so your my, horse me and my horse over. Thing, and we came over. <laughs> we came over to England. So that, I didn't know that was possible. Yes, yes, yes I'm very serious. That's not good, but yeah. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. <laughs> No, most people don't, but there are actually weekly flights for horses. If you, yeah, it actually took a lot of doing because they have to quarantine and all of this type of business. But, but yeah, I I'd already she was tw- and she was twenty seven at the time when I flew her, which is a very good age for a horse as it, let alone flying them. I, I honestly I don't know how many horses fly at that age. Probably almost zero. But anyways, she flew over like an all star and. Um, yeah. And then I, I had her for, you know, yet another seven years. So we had so, like our best, you know, best so years that's ever a over nice here. Idea though, so to have something that, from home, you know, to not give everything up, but to have yes, a safe yes. place. Yeah, yeah. So, but what was yeah. it like a bit? So if somebody's listening and they're like, I, I want to take the dive, how much preparation did it take? Yeah. Even like the boring parts, like financially and th- how long did it take for you to be yeah. able to say, I can actually quit and move I took a solid amount of time I probably thought about it for Hmm. at least a year and a half and then I I gave my notice at work I gave at least six months notice because I'd been there a long time it was was probably like eight months it was a long time the start of the year until September or so I think I gave notice so I mean, it, it took a lot. Think about how long it takes you to sell your house and get rid of yeah. all of your things from your house, right? Because there's also, that's part of it is, for me, that was part of it as well, was mm-hmm. recognizing what I didn't need, right? And and as a, like the thing, you, you get a lot of things in your life to fill up em- emptiness or voids a lot of time. And and what I was feeling in terms of needing to, or wanting to work creatively was also filling that need. And, and right. so it helps to get rid of things. So I just... I sold almost everything I had. I mean, what? I came to England with two suitcases. My horse had more things than I had. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm exaggerating a bit because some sure, boxes were still like, stored at my parents, right? For people who don't <laughs> travel basically. much, two suitcases that was is not a lot. Because, but still there, there's two a weight suitcases. limit. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I've yeah. traveled intercontinental for 15 years now. And then with kids, 
and it's not a lot of space. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll just I'll just point that out to everyone. That's interesting. So you would say like it, yeah, eight months to really do it. How did you self-impose this deadline? Or I guess school started, right? So you're like, gotta <laughs> go. Well, school started. School started. Although I could have done the program, but I just I do that. Like, and I think that's something that you have to be able to do if you if you're going to work like this be freelance and work in the creative industries, Mm. you have to be able to impose your own deadlines and and mean them. Because I think that's where a lot of creatives sometimes go wrong or, or stumble is that you don't have to have a deadline. And so projects kind of keep, you know, trickling along and nothing gets completed. And, but I've always been good at um, having my own, uh, you know, Mm. generating my own work and, um, Telling myself when it has to be. That's a really good point. You have to self-impose things. Like you don't have to flog yourself if it doesn't get done. Sometimes life happens. Yeah. Which I I tend to be a little more on the like, I can't believe I didn't get it done and get stressed out. And I'm working on that. But I'm finding more and more Mm -hmm. like there is a moment (laughs) in which your brain just says, like, you have to do this now. And you have to start paying attention to that. And for For some reason, I figured that out this morning when like, I didn't want to get out of bed because, you know, it's cold and it's, I was comfortable and, uh, there, and I was thinking, you know, there are things I have to do and I know it, make the kids lunches, get them to school on time, you know, look halfway decent when I drive them there, (laughs) like these things and I want to get them done. So why am I not getting (laughs) out of bed? And then there's just a point in which your body moves and you get out of bed. And I was thinking, that's interesting. That's an interesting point in which something of your thoughts connects with like the action part of your brain. And I don't know what it is because I'm not a psychologist. Yes. But I was like, yes. so that has to happen yes. with creatives where you're like, I really want to get this done. And then there are points yes. in your life where you're like, you just yes. do it. It's like, and, and the more you do yes. that, yes. <laughs> the more you get done and the more like productive yeah. you feel. Yeah. I think you make a strong point there because like I have a lot, I think a lot of people will, you know, they might relate to this type of a story. You know, I've got, you know, say a friend who, you know, they talk about, oh, I want to write a children's book or I want to do, you know, I want to do this or that, you know, create a project or whatever. And six months later, oh, yes. I really want to do that. Have you started? No, you know, I'm waiting for the inspiration. No, you can't, you can't wait for inspiration. Everyone thinks that, you know, that it's a joy for me to sit down and draw a picture. No, it isn't. It's not a joy for me to sit down and draw a picture. It's work. It feels like work. It's brain work. It's hard for my brain. It's tired. By the end, my brain is tired. It's a lot it's, yes. because it's a series of making little decisions. That's what a draw. You know, that's that's what a drawing is, and that's why you know it looks it looks nice maybe at the end, or it looks like oh that looks fun, or like the image may look fun, but it's a series of small decisions, and it's a series of decisions about what you're going to do, what your thoughts are, what your tastes are and what your instincts are telling you. And then seeing what you've done, feedback, repeat, right? So, and and it is, it is taking an action. Like I remember one of my professors in um, design school said, he would say, uh, your first idea is rarely your best. And I thought your first idea, I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of true because you have to, you have to get through the crappy, the crappy ideas. Yeah. And before you get to the good stuff, oftentimes it's not just, you know, it's, and, and a lot of people are afraid of, like, that's what I meant about the, you have to be able to begin again, to be a beginner again, to have that, you know, the, the, the uncertain feelings, because that is how you get to having the good creative work. You have to draw off or whatever your art is for, a lot yeah. of time before the good so how did work you, comes. Did you see out. that journey of finding, I guess, quote unquote, your voice in drawing as you went to school and started really taking it seriously? Like, did you? Can you see a, a really big shift or like maybe a a growth as you look at your drawings, or like a settling? Or did you know what your medium would be and what you were really what your end goal was? I absolutely did not know my end goal at all. I did not know where I was going at all. What it wound mm-hmm. up being more was a, a gravitating. So while I was studying, you know, design and I was thinking, oh, maybe I should, you know, work in marketing and I've, I've got these sort of graphic design skills now or, oh, I could. That's funny you know, how your brain kept trying to go to 
yes, the cubicles the, have. Yes, yes, it did. And but but what I kept doing kept going, kept pulling me back to what I did when I was young, which was drawing, pencil, paper, drawing, cartooning, animals. Okay, those were always my things. It was like horses, dogs, and and car- cartoons. I mean, that's the type of stuff that I drew, and also realistic. Realistic because I I have a bunch of different drawing styles. I have a bunch of different drawing styles. But it's always been it's always been this. It's always mm. been pencil on paper, not not on the machine, not photoshopping stuff, not on one of these iPads or any other stuff. It's always been pencil on pencil on paper and the actual act. You'll see now. See, I'm holding a pen. I'm holding a pen. I literally I'm one of these people who I cannot think That's if I don't right. have a pen in my hand because it's right. through the doing, it's through the the physical action of of drawing and mark making that helps me to think. And a lot of people, I think who are visual style of learners yeah. work like this. And that's why I want to, anyway, and, and, sorry, that's sort of, your, your question was no, how no, did I get, get back here? That, that's how, it was, it was, a, it was a, it, like I said, it was gravitating back to my natural like yeah. curiosity and, and kind of what I used to do, you know? Isn't it weird how when, when we're adults, we kind of think that what we did as a kid is not good enough, you know? Like yes. I, yes, and that's why I kept right. trying to deny it. That's an interesting point you're bringing up. I kept being like, "No, it can't be that. It can't be that." This is why I think it took me so long to actually come to doing this. Because even after I finished design school, was because I tried out so many different things. I'm like, "No, it must be a product. I must be supposed to design yeah. a product." You know, it was my engineering mind coming in. Or I yes. must be supposed to, you know, do something else. And that's but that. Well, that's an it, interesting. You know? It's such an interesting point. I'm going to have to think of this more because really when we talk about like finding your voice and all of the creativity and a lot of creative coaches talk about this. So, and it really doesn't matter what creativity you're doing for the most part, like you have, you have a style within you and yes, we learn from others, but you need to find your voice in it. And it's interesting how, I mean, I think for writers, it might be, you think it's not sophisticated enough or it's not it's not, you know, noteworthy enough or something. And you, and so you, you push aside whatever instincts you had as a kid. And yet, and yet, as you bring this up, it's like, no, when you're a kid, you're the most like innocent, the most vulnerable, the most willing to be exactly who you are. So like, we should actually go back to yes, who, yes. what, what we gravitated towards, as you say, as a, as a child. And see yes. where it takes you. I mean, because look yes. at where it's taking you. Like, yes. maybe as an engineer, yeah. you think, well, cartooning. I mean, how could I possibly go from engineer to cartooning? But like, I, I mean, we <laughs> need we need that in our lives. So I really want to talk to you about how how you yes. got into yes. these classes, and and it's interesting too about how your yeah. corporate background was almost necessary for what you do now. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how you went from design school and you're kind of figuring out this, this battle between making a product and becoming, you know, exactly what your artistic style is. Yes. So what I, what started to happen was I, I was doing a, some part-time kind of marketing mm. jobs to, you, you know, pay the bills, bills basically. <laughs> you gotta pay the bills. And then I was, I was also a member of uh, Surrey Artists Open mm. Studios, so like an artist group. And I was doing some watercolor painting, you know, cause I was do, had been doing that in Canada. So I was going to doing a few, you know, shows and selling a little bit, but you know, you don't really sell very much of those. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult. And then I started, I, I moved in because I, I, I had to move and I, but the place I was buying fell through it and I quickly had to find somewhere to live. So I wound up renting this room from what turned out to be one of my best friends, Veronica. But the thing was the room was carpeted, you see, so I couldn't paint okay. watercolor. So instead, this is when I went back to drawing. I thought, well, I can't do watercolors. Like, Cause I paint my watercolors vertically okay. and drips. Okay. That's a different style, but that's how I paint watercolor. And so I couldn't paint in her place. So I thought, well, I guess I'm going to draw again. So I started drawing. The first thing I started drawing were all these like animals. You probably see some of them behind me. Yeah. They're beautiful. I do these really like pen it, fine pen and ink animals and, and uh, I started doing, you know, a few 
whatever portraits for some people's animals because I, I was still you know into the horses and all that and uh, my friend said well why don't you put them on cards or why don't you you know and I, I thought okay so I put them on cards I started selling and you know cards in, in different shops and, and that type of that type of thing so that's how I wound up back doing drawing and then I started teaching a few drawing classes but to add to adults just just a little bit not a lot but but a few mm-hmm. and uh, drawing is something that's a bit funny because a lot of people are very intimidated to draw. Oh, I can't draw. I can't, you know, they don't want to do it, especially adults. They don't I can't <laughs> draw. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I didn't I didn't pursue teaching a lot of drawing classes. I just did right. I just did some. And then I started doing a little bit of work with this other woman and, and we were she was working in the well-being space and we were kind of working together I was doing the artsy side of it and she said oh let's do a workshop at half term I said oh what are, what are we going to do like combining our skills she says oh we'll do a cartooning workshop I'm like cartooning I'm like oh I had actually been drawing all of these in the meantime I had been drawing all of these cartoons and posting them up as uh, like on Instagram as a health blog because I'm very into health and well-being as well but you know yeah it, it not really related it wasn't anything you know to make money I just had been doing it I thought, well I guess I've been drawing these cartoons okay we'll do a cartooning workshop and so we had we had this cartooning workshop and because it was more of an artsy thing I, I basically taught most of the workshop and she did some of the other well-being bits and but and after while I was teaching I thought it was so easy it was so I'm like oh this is it was just like you know when you're in your kind of mode you know it was, yeah it's all of a sudden it was, a bit, it was very easy to do and I thought oh I didn't I didn't realize this would be so easy to do or that I knew how to do it right so that and then um I had a friend who said he had been doing some cartooning classes at some after school classes he said why don't you offer one at the local school I said okay good idea yeah. <laughs> you know and so I did that and then I just started, then that's how it started. That's how I started Cartoon Club. And I just started teaching more and more of these classes. And then when lockdown happened last year, I went into a little bit of a panic. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I just took everything online. Right. And so that's how it all really started. And what what benefit have you seen for adults who were you like, they walk in and they probably have all these excuses, like you've said, I can't draw or whatever, but something has pulled them into these classes. Maybe some of them did it because they want to, but I'm sure there's at least one or two that are like, I don't even know I'm here. <laughs> so, what <laughs> what benefit lots. does it have to like, maybe they think cartooning will be easier than like fine print. That's probably what I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yes, there's definitely a component of that. I think that um, cartooning is like, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be right, mm. you know what I mean? And, and there are some cartoons, like if you look at South Park or some of these other very simple, simple cartoons, but they're really effective and adults like them. Kids like them, adults like them. It's it's ageless. Like I always say, cartoons, ageless art, because I think it is. And I think there's, there's something that's always appealing about a cartoon, whether it's done by a child or an adult or, or at any age, is because it, it has a, a component of, well, it came from your imagination, yeah. maybe, right? And and uh, it also it also shows like it doesn't things don't have to be that complicated to be to be good and to and and good being that it translates a message, you know, like it has a feeling to it. Because a lot of, for example, okay, so my my more realistic stuff, like my my horse and animal stuff, people will say to me like, oh, you've just captured the way my, you know, my, my, my dog's expression. This is exactly them. They'll say, oh, it's so them, you know, and I think that that people want to be able to do that with drawing, but with cartooning, you don't have to have that type of a skill level to be able to produce something that tells a story. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I try to teach to in, in the cartoon classes. It's about telling a story. And so I find what people get from it is, no, don't have the pressure of having to draw well, but you get to feel creative. Yeah. You get to put some of yourself into things and in a fun way. We don't have enough fun. Yes. This is you know, part of my biggest problem is like <laughs> New Year's behaviors. Have more fun. <laughs> I don't like to do this. Have fun. <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun. And that by by being able to change your mindset while you're doing something creative, 
helps the creative process. Ah, oh. yeah, I like that. I like that, especially when you're kind of coming back to being creative, because I yes. think, like you said, your story yes. is like a lot of our stories. I mean, I went to school to study dance. Then I went to PR because they told me I was basically I would never get into dance. <laughs> dance teachers can be pretty <laughs> honest. They're like, um, gosh, what is that? Simon, Simon from Americans Got Talent is like, nope, you're not going to do it. <laughs> I went to PR because it was like, well, at least I'll be next to them. You know, like, it's like, you. Yeah, it's like you need somebody next to you saying, no, go find your thing. But, you know, you yeah. have this journey. And a lot of times yeah. I'm sure there's somebody listening who's like, yeah, I just thought that I would work this job because you got to pay the bills and I would love to do something creative. And it's like, oh, I could, I could start a cartooning because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't even know what you're supposed to do. You're like, where should I go? Yeah. It's so much easier to yes. just go home and watch yes. Netflix and lament, um, yeah. you know, not knowing really what to do. Like you said, sometimes we just need direction. It's like, yeah, cartooning would just, mm-hmm. huh, what could I sort of poke fun at or see the irony of, or, mm. yes. and, and yes. it's not as insulting. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Because it is, it's just a bit, it's just a bit of fun, but it's, I don't know. I find that the adults that come to the, well, the adults who come to my adult class, who have actually chosen to come to the class, <laughs> they are, uh, you know, the cr- natural, the creative people, they probably, they, most of them did not work mm. in a creative industry for years. So they're getting back to That's doing fun. something creative and, you know, it's, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. And then the adults who are, cause I also teach to businesses, believe it or not, this was, I, I give workshops, the same work, the same thing that I do with the kids, the same thing that I do with the adults, I do with the businesses. And those adults have not necessarily chosen to right. come to the workshop. You know, it's part of a team building activity, right? So, so the, that's where I see the people who are like, I can't draw. No, no, <laughs> won't turn on the screens or not. And, but overwhelmingly by the end, like people will say things like, I did better than I thought. Yeah. I didn't think I could draw this. They'll say it was a lot more fun than I expected. Uh, they'll say it was actually, it was actually pretty easy to follow along and to understand those. This is the type of feedback that they get. So, and then by the end, like they'll, they'll turn on their screens, they'll show their pictures afterwards. I'll get feedback like, Oh, <laughs> like even for people who were 75% of them wouldn't turn on their screens or show me anything by the end, you know, the team leader will send me a message saying everyone's been passing around their pictures and they had such a good time. <laughs> they just don't want the teacher to see it. They- <laughs> They just didn't want yeah, just didn't want to show, you know, put their picture up in front of all of their work colleagues or whatever. But it's uh there's something it's, it's like handwriting. There's something it's almost the contrast between an email or a text and getting yes. a letter in the post. You know, there's something about your handwriting that is completely distinct. It's your hand is taking time, it's on it's physical, tangible on a sheet of paper. Uh it, it just there's so much more value to it in, in a certain way. And that's the same thing with when you see someone's uh, drawing, okay? It doesn't have to be amazing, but you get a whole new little like uh, yes. uh, perspective on them. And you see the way you see the way people think because they're they're not just verbalizing it to you, they're yeah. illustrating it to oh, you. I really like that. And I, I think um especially if you don't really know where to start to write, because I'm always telling people to journal and a lot of people resist that because they don't want to, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I'm yeah. thinking, you know, another way to to process and express yourself is definitely through drawing. Yes. And if and, and like you said, it doesn't have to be good. It's just or 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 publishable. I don't know. I even know what we think of good. You know, if it yeah. helps you in something, it's yeah. it's good. You know. Yeah. So it's good. Yes, it's good. I do with the journaling too. I do do, I do a lot of journaling myself as well, but it's a bit more combined, like a little bit of, yeah, your noodles are probably better than mine. A little bit (laughs) (laughs) No, some of them know I can show you some bad, bad stuff, (laughs) but yeah, it helps with, it just really helps with thought processing, you know, to get it out, to get the ideas out of your head, right. As opposed to circling around inside your head. 
And so I, I do like I've also done um, I do an art of journaling workshop. I haven't done it for a long time, mm. but I, do, I have created like an art of journaling workshop as well. It's, it's also about you know thinking thinking you creatively know what's interesting and, all, and all of that. What's interesting and, about oh, that oh, is the no go ahead. Jour- art journaling, which if you ever do it again, I would love to do it because I remember it being a big thing around. Um, when scrapbooking was a big thing and then maybe people weren't really into scrapbooking, but they wanted to do something with like paper medium. And you know, what's interesting about even making things with your hands. Uh, So I was into scrapbooking because my kids would nap for two and a half hours and that's what I had to be able to do something. And I needed Mm. creativity and I'm obsessed with pictures. So that was my thing. And my poor third child has very few of them. as usually happens but my point is when I go back and look at the papers I know where I was and what I was thinking at that moment Mm -hmm. I know exactly where I was and there aren't any words to it and I'm you know very much a journaler or writer and all this but there are times where you can't like you just can't articulate it or it's just gonna be fine you know you just you have all these excuses and so you put hands and glue and paper and all And like my memory yes. for it yes. is ingrained in these, these pages. And so That's I'm right. thinking yeah. of that just as you said, it's like, yeah. yeah, it helps you to process through whatever's going on. And heck, if we don't have a lot to process these last few months and yes. it doesn't look like 2021 yes. will be much different. Yes. It's like, oh, um, think about well, how yeah. five years from now you could go back and look at the cards or the cartoons or whatever you're did at this time and be like, oh yes, yes I was yes. struggling with it, or I had a good day yeah. with that. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, you're, you're. I'm having yeah. so many epiphanies with you. Yeah, that's what I do with my journals. Whenever I'm at a point where, I'm like, oh my god, I'm not getting anywhere. This is going up. I will go back. I'll pull out one of my journals. I'll go back one year or two years ago, and I'll mm-hmm. read one year or two years ago the page. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, exactly. okay, I'm doing a bit better. <laughs> it's fine it's fine like I am at least one step ahead of that girl one step ahead of that girl (laughs) and that's really all we need for growth yeah so but talk to us a little bit about your latest project so you have classes that people can find online even though they're across the seas is that correct? Yes, I have a lot of I have a lot of Canadians and Americans who take my Cartoon Club classes. So that is my my main class is Cartoon Club for Kids. Okay. So there are yeah classes on like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So there are later in the day classes so that overseas you know sort of um, North American. I get North, mainly North Americans and and Brits, but Europeans all over the place. Mm. So that's so Cartoon Club for Kids is my main my main one that I teach. And basically what it goes is like every week I have a new topic in Cartoon Club because it's really about, uh, you know, like sparking, sparking the kids' imagination and, and thinking creatively and, and exploring an idea. Mm. And we do it through cartooning. So I like that. You know, I get to, so usually there's the same group of kids, but oftentimes I'll get new ones in and out. You know, That's really necessary for kids these days because I have three of them. I find them all to have a very creative mind, but they are not growing up in an environment that nurtures creativity still. I really think for all the faults we had historically as humans, it was, it was an environment that fostered creativity better than now. And I'm not even talking about school. I'm just talking about like society wise. Yes. So it's like, oh, I'm bored. And I keep telling them that is when you will be the most creative. So I'm fine if you're bored. But yeah. most parents my age have like panic when their kids are bored. Like we're supposed mm-hmm. to always be, you know, putting them yeah. into learning something. But it's like you have to let your mind foster creativity. So yeah. I think yeah. it's really important. And what's a shame is they're taking arts out of school and there aren't a lot of after yes. school programs. Yes. So then, you know, Same parents thing. are just sort of like, I yeah. don't know what to do with this kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. No, the kids are, the kids are amazing. The, well, I teach, I have Cartoon Club for Kids and I have Cartoon Junior. So Cartoon Juniors are sort of five, six, and seven years old. So that is like a real basic introduction to cartooning. And they're terrific. They're so, they're so confident and happy with their drawings at that age. They're like a pleasure to work with a pleasure to work with and then my main cartoon club for kids that is ages eight to twelve mm. 
And most most kids, I would say, cluster around 10. And the, the ideas the kids have, so I'll introduce a topic like this week is the ultimate skateboard park, you know. So I'll introduce a topic, but and you know, we, we all sort of brainstorm together because I'm also very big on um creativity is not just something you do yeah. alone. You know, you need inputs. They could be inputs from other people, they could be inputs from images, they could be inputs from for me, I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I, I get them from unrelated fields, you know. I get them from walking, from being outside. But we, so we brainstorm together and, you know, share ideas. And then we all basically start drawing. And, you know, we draw along them. In, in, ever so often we share share our pictures and everybody looks at each other's work. And I kind of, I comment on, you know, I make observations. I try to, to point out what's what good is happening in each person's picture. Because... Everyone draws totally mm-hmm. differently and at totally different levels, but there's always something good. And there's always something that the kids are doing and mm-hmm. noticing because they're so observant and instinctive and creative at that age that you can see some amazing, amazing yeah. things. And I'll say to them all the time, like, oh, I'm, that's a great idea. I'm stealing that because I wouldn't right. have thought of, you know, half, half the ideas yeah. that they come up with. Yeah. So good. Kids are really so, funny. Yes, yeah, so that's funny. They are they yeah. are really creative if they're allowed to be. So I think that's really cool that you're yes. doing it. It's making I'm I'm mentally trying to schedule where how could we which which day could we fit? <laughs> um, I also think, you know, a lot of our stories is creativity couldn't or wouldn't or whatever happened be nurtured when we were kids. And I think that's mm-hmm. why a lot of adults get stuck. You know, like you said, whether whether they're working and they're fine in their job, but they need a hobby because we all need a hobby. Mm -hmm. But then you have a game. And I'm really, really curious about how you came up with this idea (laughs) and then how how you even went from idea to like prototype, because that's that's where I I get lost. Like, (laughs) how how do people go from (laughs) tell us the story? Yeah, I did. I did need the engineering after <laughs> exactly. all. That was with engineering. <laughs> That's my linear mind. It's like I'm an artist, but I'm also very linear and, and math oriented, and I love a spreadsheet. But then I draw. <laughs> so the game. What happened was I was I was starting to teach a lot more workshops to the businesses, and in a cartoon club for kids class, it's very easy to brainstorm and get ideas. They have millions of ideas, but in an adult workshop or in the business workshop. Um, I'll say, what would you have at a, at a skateboard park? And you'll like, be silent. Or like, oh, years. You know, so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or whatever. It could be totally different. Like we had a, oh, the impossible yeah. pastry chef the other week. And then, you know, like no one could think of a pastry. We're so like, timid like, as a girl. Pastry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I decided, you know, I thought, I thought, oh God, I, because uh, I need mm. I need inputs as well, right? It's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not some amazing creative either. Like I, I need help as well. And and so I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll create some little sort of uh, cards that can be, you know, like a little character or a caption or something that I can flash up and be like, when we, you know, we need an idea or, you know, throw this into your picture. Right. How would that work? You know, as a, as a sort of like, you know, shake, shake it up a bit. So I started creating some of these cards and I thought, you know, maybe this is almost like a, almost like a game. Like if I expanded on it, uh, maybe it could actually be, you know, a game and something I could use maybe in regular classes or as a standalone game. So what I decided to do was basically take the format that I teach in my online classes and turn it into a physical game so that right. anybody could have it, right? So that's what I've done. So all, every week, like all the topics that I've been doing in Cartoon Club, they have become topics in my Cartoon Club game. And the so in I outline in a very visual way like it's all very visual it's for vi- kids who are visual learners as well right so it's not like a you know like you get a rule book or, or right. a game and there's a million rules or whatever mine's, mine's all drawn out okay so there, there's there's written instructions and there are drawings there are pictures with every step so you know how how the game works visually and uh so you get a topic and you know you get you get these idea cards that that teach you how to or that spark your imagination as you go along and you you draw different rounds, basically. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit more game-like than class, but it's the same, same format. And it's something where even if your child was creative and, and didn't have anywhere to play, you could do it on your own because you could just sit there 
read a topic. Like instead of, it's very hard. Like one of the hardest things, and this is why a lot of people don't draw is yes. no one wants to face a blank page. It's so hard. So this is what it takes. It takes the pressure off. You see, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a topic. It's like, it's a pirate's life this week. You know, you've got your topic. And then I, I, I help you do a little bit of brainstorming. Like I ask a few questions and then there are these cards just like, you know, prompt you along and help you come up with ideas, which would, you know, otherwise maybe be from right. you know, your own imagination or from other people. So, so that's, that's it. That's, that's the game. And so it's, it's my, my goal is uh, to have that on, on Kickstarter for right. about July or so, or so this I year. I can see so that being a really great family game or, you know, you're, yes. I'm always looking and a lot of moms I know are looking for ways to get their kids off of the tablets stop asking for the television. We actually went away for the weekend and were surprised pleasantly to find out that their internet and their television had gone out. And so we had brought games, but truth be told, like when you're tired or whatever, it's really hard to keep saying no to kids. If you have something fun, like that would just induce laughter all the time because most likely Mm -hmm. the adults or the parents don't draw that well kids are going to yes yes win you know and they're gonna win. tell their parents it's, it's like a moment <laughs> yes. that they get to sort of one-up their yes. parents with they they, yes. they love but don't get that opportunity yes. and it's like oh what a great memory yeah. you know I remember playing Pictionary yeah. but that sounds a lot better than yes. Pictionary. like please guess my picture <laughs> Well, it's a different, it's a different game. It's a different, it's a different game. It's a different game. But that—that that is one thing. Is it's? Mm. I think it's a little bit of an eye opener because in playing with the kids, you see how good they are, you know, and how cre- they're just natural creativity. So yeah, it, it, it is. is a bit, it, it is a yeah, bit of an it, it, it's that. a great time, and being able to see your kids in a different light, or to see maybe it like maybe you don't know they mm-hmm. have a talent for something. You know, maybe they're good at storytelling and you don't know it yes, until you give yes. them an opportunity to draw some cartoons. And you're like, well, that's a yeah. really interesting way to look yeah. at this. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, and that's it. The kids draw, they usually draw, like in, in class, we draw mm-hmm. a, like a cartoon narrative scene. We don't draw comics. Well, some kids can draw comics if they want. I don't, I don't place rules in it. There are no constraints, right? But most kids will draw like a scene on a single sheet of paper. And that's what the same with what the game is. You're drawing a cartoon scene on a single sheet of paper. But the more that you draw, yeah. the more creative your picture has to become. And you know, the more like little speech bubbles you add in or this type of thing, the more, the, the richer of a story you build up. A lot of kids are amazing storytellers. You know, the, I'll have to cut them off in class because <laughs> they're like, oh, and this means this. And then this character, this. And I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awesome. I, wow. Really, I really like that. Anything to foster some creativity. Um, and people is amazing. So I think mm-hmm. it's amazing that you've, you've created the prototype as well. That you just go out, you know, that's another thing where you're just like, I, I'm going to either do this or not do it. I need to go get it done. And, yes. And you've had like beta players. Is that what you call them? We call them beta readers as so people who play it and say, oh. give feedback to you. Very cool. So you're yes, going to have that yes. on Kickstarter. Yes, that's going to be on Kickstarter. All right. So where can people find you and more information about the mm-hmm. cartoon clubs? Um, I think it's a really amazing thing to do these team building. Yeah. Sequences. I, I'm yeah. not in corporate. Thank goodness. I wouldn't last. Wouldn't yeah. ever. It's not, <laughs> not for me, but my husband's very corporate. And they're mm-hmm. always struggling for team building. And I think that yes. <laughs> it would just yes. be fun uh, yes. to draw some cartoons, you know, and mm-hmm. kick back and relax a little bit. So where can people find out information about that and, and the game and more about you? Yes. You can find everything on my website. So that's sarahjanevickery.com. And so if you Google Sarah, Sarah Jane Vickery, you'll find me. If okay. you Google Cartoon Club, you'll find me. On Facebook, you can, I have a Facebook group for Cartoon Club. So if you Google Cartoon Club on Facebook, you will also find me there. I'm on Instagram at SJ Vickery. And uh, yeah, that's it. Mainly, if, you, if you're interested in classes, visit my website, mm. sarahjanevickery.com and just click on Cartoon Club and everything, everything is there. And same, I have uh, uh, like workshops up there for businesses as well. So if you are... You know, if you work for a company and you'd like something different for team building, 
yeah, on that's on my website as well. And it's uh, I've got you know links to calendars. So if if, if anybody wants is interested in figuring seeing the class schedule, it's all all of that information is up there. And then the Kickstarter. If you sign up to my newsletter. Mm-hmm. Through my website, you'll hear all about uh, when my game is coming out, when that's going to be available. But like I said, it will be on Kickstarter in July. I'm hoping yeah. <laughs> will be the launch. But yeah, sign up to my web, sign up to my newsletter rather, and you'll you'll stay up to date on on that. Perfect, perfect. So I will have all the links below for everyone as usual, um, so that you guys can go find out more about Sarah Vickery. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to. <laughs> to have you here and to have talked to you. Are you going to continue virtual classes even if things open up, do you think? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll be continuing teaching virtually because it seems to be easier for people to, you know, just get into a, you know, get the time to come to a class versus a physical class. And it's easier for me to reach kids in different parts of the world. So yeah, classes will continue virtually even when, when lockdown ends. Cool. Yeah. I wanted to end with that just to be sure, because yes. it sounds like an amazing thing for lots of kids, wherever they are, whatever their situation um, that they can, they can try and adults too. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and talking to us today. No, thank you so much for uh, for having me. It's been a pleasure. you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.